Hiroshima and Kaminari rushed to the door when they saw that Bakugo had punched Toya. Hiroshima held the blonde back, and when he was at his right, live, the redhead just responded with, I want to watch Toya give his ass beat for a while before we stop Gotsky. Kaminari put Hiroshima and ran towards the door. He stopped at the entrance and gasped when he noticed the amount of blood on the other blonde's pale knuckles. Bakugo! Bakugo didn't even turn around to see who the person that called out to him was. He already knew. He continued punching Toya, who was under him, disregarding whatever yelling Kaminari was doing in the back. The blonde threw another punch before Kaminari launched himself to Bakugo and forcefully pulled it back. Kaminari hurt himself in the process, but he didn't care. If Bakugo continued hitting Toyo like this, it would go worse for him in the end. Bakugo was mad and yelled at Kaminari, What the hell do you think you're doing stopping me, Kaminari? Kaminari cried and had firmly into the thrashing blonde. Stop hurting him! Stop hurting him? Do you even hear yourself, Kaminari? You're defending the asshole that's hurting you. I know! Tears streamed on the blonde's cheek, and Bakugo stopped fighting once he noticed how much Kaminari was trembling as he held onto him. Bakugo picked himself up, along with the blonde, and got off Toya's bruised and beat body. Bakugo held onto Kaminari before Kirishima came and removed the crying blonde from the other's back. Kirishima softly patted Kaminari's head and hugged him close. Slowly watching as Bakugo grabbed the napkin from the table and cleaned the blood off his knuckles. Kaminari stopped crying and pushed Kirishima away from his body. Quietly, he mumbled, Get out! Both Bakugo and Kirishima stared at him and stopped. Kaminari, get out! The blonde started pushing his friends out of his apartment, his shaky hands giving out as they were halfway by the door. Just get out! Bakugo tried to stop the blonde, but then Kirishima placed a hand on his arms and shook his head, signaling that they should leave Kaminari alone for the time being, seeing as how Toya was knocked out cold. Even though he disagreed, Bakugo stepped outside the door along with his boyfriend before turning and having the same door shoved in their faces as it closed. On the other side of the door, Kaminari was sobbing as his body slid down until his bottom tossed the floor. Countless of tears kept coming out of his eyes, and he couldn't stop them. He was scared and felt so stupid. Ever since he accepted into telling Bakugo, Kaminari felt as if the whole thing was a bad idea. Once Sting finished telling him and Bakugo stood up to do something important, Kaminari instantly regretted telling him badly. Now, when Toya wakes up, Kaminari will have to face the consequences of his actions, and he knew how that'll end for him. Once again, his body will be used for pain and pleasure. Minutes passed, and Kaminari hadn't still gotten up from the floor. Even though the blonde knew he should have used that opportunity to get his stuff and run far away from the odor, he didn't. Much rather, he couldn't. It wasn't that Kaminari was scared or anything. It was much more that he didn't want to live in fear, thinking that no matter how much he tried or run away, Toya would still find him every time. Toya started staring in the floor and let out a groan. He started bringing up his aching body up, and his breath hisses as the pain in the back of his head and nose began to rise. His eyes trailed to the blonde sitting in front of him and felt, angle, felt anger boil from the bottom of his stomach. Kaminari, he gravely called out. Toya watched as the blonde fenced 
and stared at him with wide and terrified eyes. What the hell just happened? Carmenari swallowed hard and started shaking. I, I, despite the pain he felt, Toja started getting up and slowly made his way towards the boy at the door. Carmenari's body started losing its color little by little as Toya took steps closer to him. The woman frantically tried to reach for the doorknob when the order grabbed his wrist and he gripped him tight. Ow! Carmenari yelped and felt a hand squeeze his cheeks harshly. His words becoming listen What the hell did you tell your little buddies? Toya spoke in a low and frightening voice. Did he tell them about what's going on with us? Even though it was pointless, Kamenai still shook his head. Toya pressed the back of his head further into the wind door and gripped his wrist tighter. Kamenai whimpered and tears were already forming in the corner of his eyes. Toya let go of the blonde's cheek. Toya let go of the blonde's wrist and cheek with one hand, and with one hand proceeded to punch him in the face. Kamenai cried and fell to the floor, his hand covering the place the other had just punched. The blonde wasted no time in scaring his way further from the raven and cried the entire time he did. The older moved his fingers around and his hand no longer felt the pain in his knuckles and started to unbuckle his belt. Kaminari cried harder and thus made Toya even angry. Once again you lied to me, Kaminari. When will your lies ever stop coming out from that dirty mouth of yours, huh? He answers closer and closer and the saddle was projected into the window allowing those who stood outside or passed by to see his figure. Good thing is, you see, I have to keep beating you to teach you not to mess with me or to keep lying to me again. As the button in his hand flew on top of the raven's body, another individual rushed and tackled Toya to the ground before giving a hit in the blonde. Kaminari watched at two familiar faces, whom he thought he kicked out, came back inside and saved the blonde from another beating. Bakugo held on to Toya tightly and screamed at Kaminari, Get the fuck out of here, Kaminari! Kaminari didn't move an inch, as he still, as he was still shaken by the current situation he was in. It took Hiroshima's strong arms and force to pick up the blonde, throw his body over his shoulder, and his strong legs to run out the door quickly. Before leaving the building, Hiroshima shouted at Bakugo, Be careful, Kotsky! I know what Bakugo yelled back and quickly averted his attention to his current situation. After that, Kamnari said, Bakugo and, Kir Bakugo and Kirishima took me into their apartment. Even though I asked Bakugo countless of times what happened when we left, he still refused to tell me anything else along the lines of, I don't need to worry about that asshole anymore. When I stayed at their apartment, Kirishima took care of me and made sure I was well and everything. While Bakugo just kept giving me hourly lessons as to why I was so stupid and didn't tell anyone what was going on between Toyo and I. Sinso listened attentively and muttered, Heck, even I would have done the same as Bakugo, as this Bakugo guy. Did you say something, Sinso? No, continue. Anyways, Kaunai continued telling the story. Kirishima told me to report him to the police, but I refused saying it saying it wasn't necessary and that I should not say anything, seeing as how the police are completely useless in cases like these. You should have seen the look on Bakugo's face when he heard me say that, the blonde chuckled nervously. 
Long story short, after countless of arguments, I got a restraining order and stayed with Kirsi and Bakugo until they were certain I could live on my own. Of course, my other friend, Mina came and made sure I was okay once Bakugo snitched and told everyone what I was going through. How come you didn't want anyone to know? Since so asked, I get that you probably didn't want to make a big deal, but an abusive relationship isn't something you should deal with yourself, you know? The blonde sighed and lowered his head. I know, but I didn't want to worry my friends and... And... Forget it. Kamurai mumbled to himself before sleeping, speaking up. A few months had passed by and I told Bakugo and Kirishima that it was time for me to find my own place and start living on my own. Of course, Bakugo opposed to their idea on the quicks saying that it was too early and didn't want me to leave at all. Of course, it was flattering to hear that he cared for me, but I straight up just wanted to leave because Kirishima is not a quiet person at night as he catch my drift. Oh my god. Yeah. Kamenai shuffled in the seat and brought his legs up closer to his body. I lied and told them I didn't want to invade in their privacy anymore and used to excuse that I've been staying with them for too long. After a few more, more convincing arguments, they agreed, but on the condition that they helped me choose the apartment. One that's closer to there but not that close, just close enough so that if anything goes wrong, I know where to go. After days of countless of, of apartment visiting, I found the one I'm currently staying in. Well. Mon blushed and scratched his cheek with one finger. I was before I started coming here. Since the chuckle and teased the blonde a bit. Well, I'm guessing you can consider this place your second home now. The younger flinched before throwing one of the sofa pillows at the older, who laughed at his child acting. Shut up and let me finish! The older had his hand in the feet and mailed. Alright, continue. Hmm. Kaminari closed his tongue and continued telling Sinso his story. Anyways, I finally moved into my apartment and everything was fine until now. I had hoped I'd never see Toya in my life, but then again, the world is a small place and you never know what could happen. He paused before continuing. When I saw him again, it brought back so many fears and memories that I didn't know what to do. And instead of running to Bakugos and Kirishima's, I ran here. Well, to the forge more specifically. I was surprised when I heard a scream and saw you running all bruised and beaten, Sento said. It did take me out when the closer you came, all I could see was the blood covering your f face. I thought that with all the bleeding you had lost an eye or something. How nice, like I said. No, it's just a cut above the eye. Heck, even I thought I did, since all I could see was red and nothing else. That asshole, the other cursed. Even after hearing a story, I wish he was still alive so I can further beat his ass for even hurting your property. The corner of Kamurai's lips tugged as he hummed. Don't think I didn't hear that little part, sir. Senso's cheeks flushed, but he quickly dismissed the embarrassing feeling. It is true, though. You're mine, whether you like it or not. And over my dead body, will they ever lay a finger on you again now that you're under my protection? Whoa. Blonde breathed and blushed. So bold. I can be bold in many situations. Come on, I made a face. Nice choice of words. But seriously, though, when Sylvia served on last time, 
sneaking through a cabin and I got that memo. Not tell you guy, if he's still alive or anyone won't hurt you anymore as long as I am alive. Commonly listened to the words that came out of Yoda's mouth and felt butterflies flutter in his stomach. Even though he should be happy, Commonly didn't feel that way at all. Sitsa washed the blonde and decided to move from the couch he was sitting on and sit right next to Kaminari. Kaminari watched Yoda sit next to him and that's when it hit him. The blonde was so engrossed in the, in the story that he forgot about Sitsa's busted knee. The blonde watched as more blood slowly poured out of the injury and then looked back at Sitsa whose face was just normal as ever. How can this man hold a poker face while he's bleeding right now? Kaminari got up and started getting the leftover bandages, rubbing alcohol in the gauze. Tensil raised an eyebrow as he watched the blonde father the items and figured it was to either put them away or it was because Kaminari probably had another injury. Are your injuries still bleeding? The blonde shook his head and walked back to the couch Tensil sat on. He bent down and placed the items he gathered on the floor, earning a more confused look from the odor. Carbonari, without warning, grabbed Senso's leg and started rolling the dress pant he wore. He wore up. Senso tried to take his, tried to take back his flag, but Carbonari held it firmly in between his thighs. What are you? Your knee is bleeding, and I'm fixing it up for you. Senso's eyes widened. Um, Carbonari, don't say anything and let me help you. The one interrupted and grabbed the gauze from the packet, applying it on the wound, and lost to suck up all the blood. Sensil grabbed the blonde's wrist and moved away from his bloody knee. Kamari was taken aback and looked at Sensil. Why are you stopping me? I don't... Sensil sighed and looked away. I don't need you doing that. I'm, I'm fine. Clearly not. Your, your knee is still bleeding. The blonde reached out with his free hand and grabbed the gauze from his trapped hand and moved it to place it back on the other's knee. Sensil grabbed the blonde's other wrist and placed him above his head. Blonde's body slowly leaning back to, to the floor. Senso stumbled, trying to get up and fell down, reacting quickly before lighting on top of the blonde and stopped to fall with his hands, letting go of Kaminari's wrist. He opened his closed eyes and saw the blonde was okay and right under him. Stop being stubborn and let me fix your knee, he said, totally ignoring the t current position they're in. The other sighed and slowly brought his damaged knee up. Seeing as how it came in contact with the rough carpet bit as he fell down. I told you, you don't need to do that. I'm fine. Find my ass, the one argued. Unless you have magic healing powers and can heal yourself, which I doubt. I won't stop pestering you about your knee. I want to help you just like you helped me, so stop being stubborn and let me fix your knee. Find your ass, Spencer repeated and chuckled. It sure is. Well, to me anyways. Kamari blushed and puffed his red cheeks. You also I do have Mavicurin powers, as he calls them. The older started getting off the bone and sat down on the floor as he watched as he watched Kaminari slowly get up. They're a bit slow, but in t due time my wound will heal. Why is it slow? Kaminari asked. Why can't it feel faster? Senso closed his eyes and turned his head to the side. He did this so, as soon as he opened his eyes, he wouldn't have to meet the bonds piercing curious ones. Because I... Because you... Because I haven't drank human blood in a while, the other mumbled quickly and quietly, making it hard for Kamari to even make sense of what he said. 
The blonde narrowed his eyes and crossed his arms. Say that again, but this time louder and slower so I can understand what you said. If not, I'll stab you with these scissors. Since the watch, Comrade grabbed the scissors he used earlier to cut the bandages that were too wrong to wrap around some of the blonde's and body parts. The silver silver for being held by Siki a confident hands, and seeing the other side in the feet. I haven't drained human blood in a while, he repeated this time for Comrade to hear. Louder and slower pointed Bond's request. Commoner stayed quiet for a bit before speaking in. Wait, so you heal faster if you drink human blood? Senso sleeplessly nodded, and that was all it took before Commoner grabbed his scissors in his hand and slit his index finger with the sharp side of the blade. Senso's eyes turned to the sound of the blood dripping down in the carpet. He watched another single drop that shaped the wound on the Bond's finger, and as if in some and as if it was in slow motion, it slowly fell down to the blonde side this time. The older slowed the rising hunger back and quickly turned his head to the side, bringing his mouth to bringing his hand to his mouth to stop the drool from escaping his mouth. What are you doing? The older exclaimed. Why did you cut yourself? Isn't it obvious? The blonde asked as he inched closer to the older, slowly making a way to sit on Sinsel's lap. He says he successfully suited and was now sitting on the other's lap and with a free hand that no longer the scissors held. He grabbed Sinsa's face and made him turn to face him. I'm giving you my blood so you can drink it and heal that knee. The, the knee you're almost sitting close on? Oops, sorry, Comrade shifted his body closer and was now sitting near the older sits. Dangerously close to an area the bond shouldn't be sitting near. But seriously though, I'm offering you my blood so drink it. Since I tried to turn his head, but Kamenari firmly held it in place, not allowing him to move a mix. I, I am not drinking it. The brown rolled his eyes and sighed. You give me no choice but <laughs> The blonde had closed the gut between them and smashed his lips onto the others. Since it was wide-eyed and a bit taken back by what Kamenari had just done, as much as he loved the feeling of the blonde's lost lips connected with his, he the older couldn't do this. Sensa was about to push the blonde back before he opened his mouth to let to let out a small to let a small groan slip out. Kamnari had just grinded his own hips on the odors. A wave of pleasure washed right over the odor, and he couldn't fight back the sound that just came out of his own mouth with a sudden movement. The blonde took that opportunity that Sensa's mouth was agape and wasted no time in stabbing his bleeding finger into the mouth. <laughs> Sensa came to his senses and held the finger in between his lips. His tongue not moving in so that he won't taste the blood oozing out of the room. Drink it, Kamenari ordered, and cut the other's cheek with his free hand. The blonde smiled warmly, and he felt his own cheeks flush. It's okay. Senso stared into Kamenari's warm, honey-colored eyes and felt his own facial expression softening. The order hesitated before letting the bloody finger fall down into his mouth, the warm blood coating the top of his tongue. The order's tongue gazed Graced about in the blunt finger, and Conrad was to hold back a whimper at the sudden feeling made him feel weird in the way. Senso sucks in the blunt finger, the accent causing more blood to ooze out and make its way down to his aching throat. The sweet taste passed on the throat into his stomach, sending a, feel sending a feeling of euphoria and ecstasy into the older bloodstream. Just like he had said earlier, with human blood intake, Senso's knee Rune did have indeed healed itself faster, and the blonde lost as blood stopped pouring from the rune. 
Kamurai felt satisfaction within him rise, but he also felt another feeling was rising in him as well. The bond didn't know what that feeling was, and he decided to brush it off momentarily. Senso's tongue swirled around Kamurai's finger one last time, taking any leftover blood there was before taking it out of his mouth. A string of saliva connected both Senso's bottom lip and the tip of Kamurai's finger. Kyoto looked at him, his bright red eyes connecting with warm yellow ones. You're too sweet for your mom, good baby. Kyoto finished with such a seductive smirk that made Kamurai lose all sense of reason as he connected their lips together once again, savoring the sweet moment.